Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is an episode of the Ace of Geeks podcast. This week, we are down a member, but Mike, Jarris, and Rowan debate the entire catalog from the McElroy brothers, the mobile game Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, and Brandon Sanderson's latest secret novel, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Which one did we absolutely love, and which one did we really not care for? Give us a listen and decide for yourself. Now sit back and enjoy the big warm hug of geekdom. podcast uh this is where four i mean three best friends talk about uh nerdy pieces of media they found this week and then vote on one to become the ace of geeks of the week mailing is not here uh yeah, this week three. Yeah. but uh we three are here well the three of us and all of uh Ro- rowan's many voices yes. <laughs> like that one <laughs> <laughs> Audience, you must know, Roan has been subjecting us to uh, his soundboard for the last 10 minutes. And um, in the moment I made that joke, he decided to go to our pre-canned Baby Yoda instead. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. So, sometimes that's just that's just how it goes. I mean, I, I really I do be like you that You can't argue with comedy. <laughs> Did something. I mean, you can, but. Did something you know, happen when I hit that button, or did nothing? No, happen? nothing happened. Huh. Nothing happened. Nothing. Fascinating. Happened. We so haven't discussed. Yep, there you are. And You're back in robot again. And then I you are completely ununderstandable. Yeah. We will have to cut all of this out. <laughs> Probably incomprehensible too. Fascinating. Well, then you will all be spared so- the fantastic effects of my microphone. Uh, so my name is uh, Mike Fadeb. I am one of your hosts. Who else we got here today? My name is Jaris uh, Margopolis. I am another host. Uh, and my name is... <laughs> but you can call me Rome. Well, <laughs> the, the, the Not... ten, li- ten listeners we had just reduced themselves to five. Not dissimilar uh... to the name we have to use for Rowan if we want to talk to him on social media. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but am I wrong, Rowan? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's get into it. Uh, who wants yes. to start with their thing? Uh, we shall roll a D3 That's to determine right. this. A D3. Which is just a D4 with, like, one of its dimensions excised from it in a quantum way. 
You All right. Can... Uh, three means Jarris goes first. All right. So today I would like to talk about the McElroy brothers. Um, as discussed on this show many years ago, um, I uh, went through a period of many years of simply not having the attention, time, or let's uh, be honest, fully the interest to keep up with the many hundreds of episodes uh, the hilarious and lovely uh, McAvoy brothers do. Uh, I kind of stopped listening to um, their uh, Taz, the Adventure Zone podcast after balance. But as listeners will know, I went back to it and going back to it um, as well as getting, I'll say it now, better video game habits. I am no longer playing a game I'm addicted to like Overwatch because it's easy uh, I am now playing a game that I love, like Baldur's Gate 3, because it's hard. <laughs> uh, but I'm not here to talk to you about that. What I'm here to talk to you about is, well, uh, playing through various video games such as uh, uh, BDG and, uh, nope, that's not it, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Brian David Gilbert? Um, yes, Brian that's right. David Gilbert, Gilbert 3. 3. <laughs> the third. Um, and... Um, System Shock, the remake, I really got to enjoy games in which all the important like narrative information isn't directly dependent on audio um, because they have really good. Um, there's like almost no story in System Shock. Um, the story is entirely intellectual, really. Um, ah. And so one of those games that will make me feel stupid. <laughs> there are definitely moments in this game where I had to get the help of a robot friend because even online guides were not smart enough to help me get through it. Mm. <laughs> there was a chess puzzle. Oh. I'm not good at chess. Chess is hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Baldur's Gate 3 has really good uh, subtitles. And so I have gone back um, for a while now of just listening to every recent um, McElroy brother, my brother, my brother and me, uh, just listening to them backwards, which I find kind of entertaining. It's like being a time traveler. Oh, oh, you meant listening to them in reverse chronological order, not no, turning I, it on backwards and listening to I it. I turn it on and backwards and listen. Paul is dead. <laughs> Justin killed him. No, Justin would never. Um, <laughs> Gr- Griffin would. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, and I have to say, uh, my problem was simply before that I lacked time because it just takes time. Mm -hmm. Almost nothing that they tell you requires you to, um, think a lot until they start talking about something that pulls you into a line of like imagination by which you're like, someone's got to have animated this online. And as it turns out, yes, someone animated this online. (laughs) Um, they are delightful. They are charming. And now that I'm listening to a lot more of them, I'm starting to pick up on some of the patterns. Uh, like, um, I mean, I hate to call uh, youngest brother out here, but Griffin has major younger brother things to prove. He is yep. the least generous in improvisation. Um, and the most adamant of his own talent, which I will say deserved, but come on, help a brother out. Literally, you're doing this <laughs> Literally with your brother. Literally help Travis out. Help Poor Travis. Travis. Come on. Your job is not to punk on Travis. He is actually quite creative. You should give him a chance. 
Um, uh, I also really uh, am enjoying the live shows and I, I just love their uh, connection with their fans. I've been to one or two live shows myself. I really enjoy it. Um, they're, they have this thing where they swear up and down in the beginning, you should not take this advice. But if you listen to their advice and you're not thinking about it directly as I should follow these instructions, they're often talking about thoughtful stuff that will make you reflect upon the crux of whatever is going on in this situation, Mm -hmm. which I really enjoy. I love, I mean, look at this podcast. I love hearing people talk about, okay, but what makes this emotional situation work? Or why is this funny? Oh God, now that I've opened the engine of the joke, it isn't funny anymore. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) I love it. Um, Nothing that Jairus loves more than a little nasal gazing. Yeah. (laughs) Did you say? Nasal gazing? gazing. (laughs) I just. You don't need a mirror for that. (laughs) I got this makeup mirror. I'm leaning it outward, downward. So I could be like, is there a troll in there? I mean, Um, nasal gazing is just what you do when you're surrounded by people who insist on like putting their nose up at you like they're better mm, than you. Yeah, where you try and give them the old eye to eye snare, but it just goes eye to nostril. That is one of the most Terry Pratchett situations (laughs) we've come up with in the last five minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, hey, how do you teach a nap? How do you teach a Kleenex how to dance? I don't know. You put a little boogie in it. Oh! <laughs> Rowan, you you should adopt. You could be a dad with that kind of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like listening about their families. Sometimes I poke my head into schmanners or something like that. But it. Yep. Um, I tried doing the doctoring one, but it's horrifying and I can't. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> they just go into this thing. I'm like, oh, I know too much about this. Oh, they're getting into what makes it horrible. I've got to turn this off. I got to stop thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I haven't really gotten into Schmanners or Sawbones, but um, uh, I will say Schmanners has such a banging theme song that I made it my ringtone for a while. Mm-hmm. Just that yeah. little harpsichord. Yeah, that. Just, just great. I, I also have to say I really respect them for changing up their theme song. The one that they have oh, now, yeah. "Life is Better Than You," could have been ripped from like <laughs> "Life is Better with, with You,", you. not than you. Did I say that? <laughs> my, yes. Yeah, my life is better than you, and you <laughs> know it. Loathing, unadulterated <laughs> loathing, loathing. Oh, your face. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, it's a call and response, but nobody. Okay. So, uh, I, I was laughing. Um, <laughs> the boys. Um, they're quite charming. They have good chemistry between them, which I have to say is the more I listen to them, the harder and harder it is to believe that they're related and the easier it is because I almost never hear siblings talk that way. And they talk in a way that only sim- the McElroy brothers have discovered a new, are not experts. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> a new form of uh, sibling relationship and rivalry that is, dare I say, profitable? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's demonstrably true. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty profitable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could prof a lot off it. Um, and they do, including with their fun little live streams where they all play Mario together with one of them controlling the left and right, one of them controlling jump, and one of them controlling run. 
It, do, is that as much of an argument as I imagine? Probably, because they have to collaborate, and 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 they they're not mind readers. And Griffin's <laughs> on the jump button. He's like, "Stop! Stop doing that! You've given me so much to dodge all at once. What a gift to me! Oh God!" <laughs> it's really funny to listen to. Um the change in the adventure zone. Uh, and I'm sure we talked about this oh, in the podcast yes. before, but it happens so fast from the like, Hey, this is just a mabim bam, everybody. We're goofing around with our brothers to like, this is a serious story. And I, I Griffin have ideas now. Do you want to talk about the metaphysics of colonialism? Too bad. We are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to agree. And I have to say, I know I said I'd bring in mabim bam, but, steeplechase is so goddamn good good. it's incredible (laughs) like i really love that system i love playing that system i love running that system it's a great system i am already adapting that system for those of you who don't know being blades in the dark yes i'm adapting it right now into a game where you play reapers like dead like me um where the heist is you have to make it out of the situation with the person's soul or an object that's important to like their character or something like that. Um, And like listening (laughs) to Justin, (laughs) like continuously apologize to John Harper over what I would argue to be an entirely uh, legitimate interpretation of the system. I really do have no notes. Like I, (laughs) it's just a great system to riff off of. And the moment they got into the met, the metables. I was, I was. Oh, I don't think I've gotten there yet. Oh my god! I just they got do... out of the uh, heist in um, uh, Crime Town. I forgot what it was called. You have so much Gutter good, City. You have That's so it. much good shit coming. There oh, are man. they jump genres within this genre. It is so good, and like I, I, the I critique love... of Disney. See, please go ahead. As I say, I just love the um, uh, like. This, this moment I heard about the setting, I was like, this is brilliant. And I'm normally, you know, the guy who's like, you can't make fun of Disney World. I like it. Uh, but <laughs> you, it, they do it in, in that beautiful parody way where it's both pointing out the flaws and being madly in love with the thing. Yes, and it's holistic. They are criticizing the company and showing how ruthlessly corporate it is and image focused is, but yeah. also pointing out the toxicity of fandom that privileges like adult experience over child experience or um get so fixated on like collectibles um that they i i feel like much of the show is a critique on the ability of amusement parks to provide escapism as a commodity in that it's so funny because i I view it as a celebration of the ability oh, of 100%. That's also a part of it. But like in the love is the capacity to point out flaws. Yeah. And I think one of the things they got into recently that I don't want to spoil, which is really, really good, is that there is a baked in premise that they spent all of two sentences on in the first episode. And the whole time I started thinking about why do none of these employees leave? Where are the people coming from? What is this relationship that Siebel, how can Siebel Chase treat people like this? Uh, why, why is the world like this? And then with each successive heist, they were Justin reveals a bit more about exactly how fucked up this world is and what makes it so good that you want to like 
see a jury rigged form of the park created like in the back rooms and also want to see the corporation in charge of it taken down a peg. It's very, I I have to say, um, I kind of got the sense that there may have been this, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do narratively uh, what Griffin does um, or uh, play characters um, the way Travis does. But I have to say like Justin's really showing his skills, both not just in like voices, but like the writing is really tuned into what make heist so enjoyable for me. That's awesome. I, I really love that show. We should talk a little bit about Bim Bim though. Cause I'm so glad you're listening to it. It's um, good. Bim, yeah. Bim Bam being my brother, my brother and me. Um, I will agree with you that the live shows are almost always better. Uh, but um, oh, I did not mean to say that. Uh, oh, I enjoy uh, well, them. I mean different. to say that. Okay, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, there's something for that's true for me of most podcasts. I think anything, even Judge John Hodgman, just works better with being able to hear those mm, audience reactions. Mm-hmm. Jo- John Hodgman has a wit that really only comes out when he has like a defendant to skewer, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, I yeah. thought you were going to do a, a rhymey thing there. Oh, I've, I John, don't have a head Judge John rhyme. Hodgman has a wit that just won't quit. Mm. Nah. That's true. I like big wit and I cannot lie. <laughs> uh, but they anyway, yeah. I could lie, but I, then I, you know, double indemnity. <laughs> and if yeah. you put a pic of a dog in his face, never mind. <laughs> I haven't heard this story. <laughs> I just, I have a small crush on Jesse. He is so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> he's got such a great beard anyway i mean anyone who's that dedicated to uh providing vintage fashion for the world Darius <laughs> is going to be into i you know i have not yet bought anything by them and it's because i can see a latent addiction a mile away oh yeah <laughs> and it's not be... exactly put put this on is not exactly a cheap store no okay? it's, no, it's got be beautiful hard. stuff but um but bim bam you said you enjoy live shows more uh, yeah, well, same thing I just said, you know, it's the uh, the fact that there's an audience to react to all the jokes and like the cheering. It just I you know, it makes me feel more of a part of it, even though I am still mm. just listening to friends talk. Yeah, the parasocial aspect, I think, is very real, but no less special. Um, I don't feel like these people know me. But when Griffin says something that makes me think, yeah, what about that? I do feel seen. And that's a really important thing that can come across in a social situation in which people who have known each other literally their entire lives and know exactly how their personal like Overton windows shift know how to like play with each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Oh God, when the bits are really stupid, it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it when they're simple, like, there was this thing I listened to recently in which one brother just ragged on the other for how terrible a bit was and was like, and I don't get enough attention and it should be me. I brought in a brand new bit and we should be doing that instead. And so they go with it and it's literally the same bit. <laughs> I was laughing for so long and the other two are like enjoying me like, okay, okay. It was, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, they give me something to aspire to in comedy, but um, I, I will not uh, 
admit to being as trained as having been raised by the incredible thaumaturge Clint McElroy. Yes. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be a way to make a thaumaturge pun out of, like, joke. Like, I'm, oh shit, I said thaumaturge instead of dramaturge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can believe Clint has mystical powers. <laughs> he he certainly acts like it. Um, yeah, I, I stayed up way too late last night doing thaumaturgy. I'm sorry, audience. It's, it's, it's okay. It's it is. It, some people might get mad at the association of what the Mackle boys and their Mackle father do uh, as wonder working, <sighs> as overstating it. But I don't think it mm. is because it is genuinely no. like that's not an easy thing to do. It is wondrous and amazing to behold and get to partake in. And if you've ever tried to do it, it ain't easy. No, getting it to no, work as often not. as they do is a wonder. <laughs> I, yeah. They are professionals, and I, I'm very happy that I can get as much um, quality content from them uh, for free. I have not yet. Uh, when I get my next job, I'm going to buy new Patreons um, and similar. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, freaking just John Hot, every single Patreon exclusive Judge Hodgman talks about doing just sounds earth shatteringly incredible. I just yeah. want to listen to him and Richard kind talk that that would be yes. so good. Uh, but that's on my to do. Uh, and that's what I wanted to bring to you folks, the McElroy family uh, represented in uh, the brothers and Mabim bam, but not limited to them in any way. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I have already rolled the D two to divide between me and Rowan. Wait, no, that was the wrong one. That's the one that I meant. It's you, Rowan! Yay! Yay. Slash S. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> that was very Macho Man. That was just a lot of, like, Sarcasm, brother, brother. Listen here. Sit your butt down and open those ear holes, because I'm here to serve you up a hot new thing called Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis on the Phone. So, Note so to Rowan, editor, turn that Rowan one down. doesn't try to do Macho Man. <laughs> yeah, but Rowan doesn't try to do Macho Man. He gets Macho Man. When Rowan tries to do Macho Man, he gets, hey kids, who lives in a <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in yellow and porous. Oh, oh my god, can I tell you the dumbest thing? Uh, I, oh, I think I heard of this. I don't think, there's no way I came up with this. Uh, oh my god! Okay. I think maybe I did come up with this. No, <laughs> uh, uh, one of an NPC uh, I came up with, I think, was uh, a traveling merchant. Um, and the this was when I was a paid GM for D and D. And one of the kids turned to me and is like, "Could you make this voice funny?" And I immediately turned around like, "I'm Merchant Man Randy Savage." <laughs> and the hard thing then is they wanted yeah. to hang out with him forever. <laughs> and that is that it takes its toll on your vocal cords after a while. After just a minute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We um in the charity game that I ran last weekend, uh we had a um uh I can't remember how Nick Cage came up, but Nick Cage came of up. Of course. Uh and that turned into the audience being like 
uh, if we raise a certain goal, will you do all NPC voices as Nick Cage? And uh, the answer, it turns out, was yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> and Nick Cage is hard for me to do. It ended up just being mostly Keanu. Oh, <laughs> no. How tragic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw John Wick 4, but that is not relevant to what Rowan's talking about. No. Sorry. Yes, tell yes. us, Rowan. <laughs> okay, so if you're if you've not been paying attention to video game news... Final Fantasy VII is a game by Square Enix that <laughs> came out a while ago. Why are you doing the voice? You're not even talking about yourself now. This is your self-deprecating voice. Oh, is it because you're, you're going to deprecate Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm leading up to that. So, But Final Fantasy VII was really good, and a lot of people really liked it. Um, and so... What happened was what happens a lot when people really like a thing that is now old, which is they go, man, it would be cool if this had like modern graphics and stuff. And Square Enix was like, we agree. We're totally going to do that because it sounds like you'll pay us for it. And then they <laughs> didn't. They decided they, they got part way in and then they were like, I don't want to tell this story. We oh. told this story. I'm going to tell a different story, a which is story? what which is what FF7 Remake is. Oh. Same characters, same world, but literally the thesis of that game with all of the meta plot extra elements is we don't want to tell you the story you know. You know that story. Don't you Don't you want to feel some agency of like maybe the things that I experienced, maybe the tragedies that these characters went through, maybe they're not set in stone. Maybe you could change them. Wouldn't that be worth telling that story? Uh, and so people were like, yeah, okay, grudgingly, some of them. And some of them were like, no, we, we asked you for this thing, and this isn't it. So we're still... This it's like isn't... that meme of a guy presenting food to another guy and just throws it down the hallway. I mean, I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like it's closer to those, those, visi those videos of like Gordon Ramsay going into a, a Thai kitchen and the Thai chef is, is initially like really respectful and really excited to have him there. And then Gordon Ramsay makes a traditional Thai dish and the sh Thai chef takes one bite and then just looks at him with a look of I absolute love disgust. that gif. God, yeah. it's so good to see the limits of a powerful man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know what you're doing in your kitchen. This is my kitchen. <laughs> you are trying to serve to me the thing that I know best. And this ain't it, chief. I think he, <sighs> like, spit out some of the noodles and said under his breath, this ain't pad thai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake. If that's your flavor, great. If you can learn to appreciate it, awesome. There's more of that coming. However, uh... More recently, Squeenix was like, hey, we know some of you were kind of like upset about how FF7 Remake was different from, from uh, Final Fantasy VII. We're going to do a lower effort, but still upgraded to a modern kind of uh, simplified uh, like polygonal graphics kind yeah. of thing remake of the original final fantasy 7 and we were like sweet we're like, finally getting a version of what we asked for and that's final fantasy ever crisis which again is not what we asked for because it is a genshin impact clone oh oh no oh. yeah so so they ch completely changed the gameplay 
they it the gameplay they completely changed all of the maps and how you interact with the world. It's like you press a button and you watch a cutscene, and then there's a three uh, round battle, and then there's a cutscene, and that's it. You're, so you're not... telling me it's a mobile game? Yes. <laughs> it it does have FF Seven and uh, FF Seven Crisis Core. And the important story beats, I guess, from Final Fantasy VII First Soldier, which is a prequel to the prequel of the game, because it's set before Crisis Core, which is focused on Zack when Zack was in Soldier and tells more of the story of, like, how did Sephiroth get to be crazy and betray everyone? Let's Wait, see do you play that. as Sephiroth? No, you play as Zack. Oh, who is the guy who Cloud thinks he is for the first, like, third of the game. The the first third of Final Fantasy VII? Yes. <gasps> uh, oh, God, that's right. Yeah. This yeah. fucking story. It, it's it's wibbly-wobbly. It's timey-wimey. It's cloney-wony. It's, it's got everything. Including giant robots who live under the sea, who you can beat up, and a mass, a, a giant fluffy uh, kaiju gotcha character furry who um, his persona is technically. I mean, oh wait, no, that's a spoiler too. Well, one of the limit breaks is you can gamble to immediately win a fight. So you know, it's it does Ooh. have everything. I I have to say, I'm into that. Yeah. Um, but like the, the the Squeenix has 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 shown in two different ways now that if you ask them to take Final Fantasy VII and make it again, but just with more better graphics, they won't. So I am I kind of understand where they're coming from with that, just because like I remakes are fine, but and I like remakes, and I'm very excited for the Super Mario RPG remake coming out. Yeah, but I also, also the understand the instinct of like, yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> um, I, I uh, but I understand the instinct of like we're investing all of these time and resources. Shouldn't we do something slightly different than just making the same game all over again? But of course, the answer in this case probably was no. Yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah, it was it was no because even the storytelling of the the stuff in Final Fantasy VII is a weird cross between the original and remake. So it's still not the original. So yeah. at this point, fans, if you want FF7 but with better graphics, you're gonna have to make it yourselves. That's, I think that's, that's a good at. idea. It worked for Deus Ex, and let me tell you, those games are not more fun simply because they look better. I don't understand it. I mean, it's the same with, <laughs> it's the same with half-life black Mesa project. Which right. Is just, yeah. Yeah. I tried playing that and I was like, I, I don't want to play this game again. <laughs> <laughs> this I, game was hard the first time. I, yeah. I beat this game three times and I know at the end, I'm going to have to fight a giant baby and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> the um you know it's it's interesting how we have this idea that the more realistic something looks the more quality it is which is why we are always getting people are always asking for um remakes or like live action versions of things that were originally animated uh and you know sometimes those are 
really successful, like a certain pirate show on Netflix. Uh, and sometimes those are full failures, like a uh, certain... Uh, I thought you were traveling elemental monk show Ah, uh, that is that (laughs) the live action version does not exist. Uh, (laughs) But I wonder why that is like as humans where it's like, you know, we want FF seven, but with better graphics. Like, I mean, what does that give you that playing the original doesn't? And I get it a little bit, but my interesting to me, my best guess is that it's a way of trying to overcome younger people's uh aesthetic snobbery of i'm not gonna play this super yes. old game it looks jank ass i'm not i'm not yep. touching that thing like what even is anything i don't rah, like, rah, rah, i won't rah. watch this really good story because it's a cartoon i'm an adult i don't watch cartoons i'm not gonna watch original dragon ball when the new spin-off of dragon ball exists that is similar but also different I think there's also an aspect of, uh, not to say that's all legitimate, because I understand there's snobbishness there, and that's not great. Um, But a lot of times when we first played these video games, the graphics were thrillingly new. And that is not an experience that we can give to any newer generation, because their expectations have adapted to what's on offer now. Yeah. The other thing is, the more people make new games with older style graphics, the more it demonstrates that though that newness can be approached from the other direction. This is now mm. refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about, you know, it's, it's graphical style aesthetic is a thing I think a, about a lot after having played Disgaea five and six, mm. uh, because Disgaea, for the longest time, was married to its 2D or 2.5D uh, sprites, mm-hmm. and they they did a lot with those sprites. That was really that was really cool and and dramatic and innovative. And they had done that for five games, and then six, they were like, okay, what if what if instead of that for all of the battle animations, what if we went into this 3D thing instead and it was it was an experiment. They were trying out new things. It it was very clear from the jump that they that they were trying something new that they did not have as much experience in, and that mm. took something out of it for me. Um, but also, I was playing it on Switch, and the Switch hardware is not built for the graphical intensity of like a lot of the Disgaea battle animation stuff, anyway. Mm. So it ended that up, makes sense. yeah. It was just kind of like I don't like this as much. This isn't this isn't as pretty as usual. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. If you're willing to tolerate a game that has stolen almost all of its uh, mo- uh, mobile gotcha elements from Genshin and Honkai style games, uh, and you are willing to put up with a lot just to interact with some chocobos on your phone for a little bit. Uh, it exists. <laughs> you can play it for free. They've, they've been very, very generous with all of the uh, free resources they're willing to give uh, to new and continuing players so far. Um, you legitimately well, don't. That's nice. Yeah. You, you don't, legitimately have to pay for anything none of the story is locked behind a stamina bar or a timer or anything like that oh that's nice yeah it's just based on update chunks when they throw more story in there 
Um, but it is, it, it exists. You can char- you can check it out and try it out. Just be forewarned. The part of the experience that is most faithful to the things it's drawing from is the part that's based on Crisis Core, because literally they did do a straight graphical update of that game. Does it feel disrespectful to Crisis Core in any way? Um, I don't think I, so. I, I think actually, legitimately, the the Crisis Core one in Ever Crisis, they just like they were so familiar in the cutscenes, they straight up took the lines of dialogue and put them in a text box instead. I could like see the scenes playing out in my head and hear the original voice acting as I was reading through those scenes. They were like the fidelity was there for that part of the mm. game one third of the whole story that they're trying to tell. So I was like, it, 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 that the fact that it was there, I loved the fact that it wasn't consistent. What I was less, I was less excited about. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, if that is what we've got about ever crisis, um, then I will bring my uh, one today, which is uh, the third, uh, secret Brandon Sanders. <laughs> oh my God! You guys did it in unison. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Get him. We've got a. We've got a, a um, surplus of sheaves. <laughs> Two. Oops! All sheaves. Sheaves. <laughs> oops! I better put my palpatine back in my sheave. Mm. Oh no! My palp is showing. Sheevin, you better not be in there playing with your dick jokes. I swear to the force, I'll beat the dark side back into you. (laughs) No, Papa, please. That's it. All right. Before this gets too much deeper into child abuse jokes, (laughs) we're moving on. (laughs) I prefer grease lightning, Father. (laughs) They were all adults at the time. Okay. All right. I feel less uncomfortable, but not much. That's right. So, uh, yeah. um, uh, For those of you who've been listening to the podcast, know about this, but. Old Brandon Sanderson uh, has been uh, for the past year since January uh, sending out secret subscriber boxes to um, uh, folks who signed up for his Kickstarter. Uh, There's four free books to come. Three of them are now out. And I'm here to talk to you about the third, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Uh, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. So all of the books in this series, uh, Mr. Sanderson has worn his influences very much on his sleeve. Uh, the um, the first book you could tell. I think the first book was Tress. Uh, yes. I read it second. Uh, you could tell there was a lot of like the Princess Bride and Neil Gaiman in there. Um, the second book, uh, I really felt like he'd been reading a lot of Terry Pratchett for uh, Frugal Wizard's Guide. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, this latest book, um, his inspiration is very clearly anime uh in the best and romance anime specifically in the best possible way uh now originally i was going to say his his influence was the movie your name but he says in the acknowledgments that that actually came out after he started writing this book Mm -hmm. uh but if you liked that movie this is very much for you um the story concerns uh two people who live on two different worlds uh one of whom uh, is a nightmare painter. Uh, so his job, uh, he lives in a 
um, modernish cyberpunkish city uh, that is surrounded by darkness. And uh, he, um, his job is to go to the edges of the city every night and wait for literal nightmares to walk out of the darkness of the shroud uh, and stop them from rampaging by forcing them into a different form by painting that form. Uh, <gasps> oh my God. That's so beautiful. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the other one, uh, the other person is a uh, Yoki Hijo, uh, which means that she is responsible for summoning the spirits on her world. All of the technology on her world is powered by different spirits. Ooh. So because her world is so hot and the ground is always so hot, for example, um, spirits are used to levitate things off of the ground so people can actually use them without you know burning themselves um and huh. the way she does that is by stone stacking she, uh, <gasps> she creates a beautiful sculpture of stacked and balanced stones and the more the prettier the art is the more spirits uh she uncovers uh and or then she can attract something yes. yes that she can attract um and then something happens and the two of them switch bodies, but are aware of each other and have to learn how to do each other's jobs. Ooh. <laughs> and wait, it's wait, great. Guy and a girl? Guy and a girl? Yep. Yes. I'm oh, it's a, ro- it's a romance. It's a straight up romance. That sounds so much like uh, your name. Oh, uh-huh. man. It's great. Um, and the only the thing that was... Um, uh, he specifically said in the acknowledgements, he was different than th- the actual body switch anime he was thinking about when he made this and your name in that he wanted it to be he wanted the two participants to be aware of each, like not just aware of each other but able to communicate with one another uh and so unlike in your name when one person is in the other's body in this one um they the other person is there in ghostly form and no one else can see or hear them so they can still communicate oh like stuff. in space cases yeah i don't remember that part of space cases but i believe you're right <laughs> Uh, Kaylee from uh, Firefly, I yeah. think, was had a invisible friend who was just an extra dimensional buddy who was That's awesome. they could visibly share in each other's. Uh, well, anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, um, it's uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I started it going. Uh, I don't know. This is a white guy writing about, you know, Asian cultures like this might be a bit of a problem. Same. Um, as a as a white guy, I don't know if those problems were there. Uh, they might be. Um, these are fantasy worlds, but Brandon did explicitly base them on uh, ancient Korea and modern Japan. Sure. Um, uh, I didn't notice anything like that. And then the characters of the book just grabbed me by the shirt and yanked me in and it gave me this beautiful story. It's Aww. actually the only one of the uh, three so far, including Tress, which is still my favorite, uh, that actually made me like cry while reading in public. Uh, so uh, there was, there's, there's, there's a moment that pushes all of my buttons uh, right near the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just fabulous. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but um if you get a chance, I think it's coming out to regular bookstores very soon. Um, like all of the books uh, in this, this was something Brandon wrote in his free time as a gift to his wife. Uh, so it's uh, even though it's in the same universe and actually heavily features like trusted one major character from the Cosmere, uh, it's um, it's different than the style you usually get out of Brandon. He's, he's, he's loosened up enough to feel like experimenting, which means he's still an extremely talented writer, but 
it doesn't feel like every other Sanderson book you've read either. Uh, it's and, great. And Frugal Wizard Guide is in this series? Yes, but they're not Whoa. connected to one another. Oh. None of these. Uh, well, Tress and Yumi are connected to each other by Wait, the loosest are of they strings. Not connected to each other in the way the vast majority of Sanderson books are not connected to each other. Okay, so, okay. So. so here's the here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> everything everything in Sanderson is connected to each other. Everything that in Sanderson that is connected to each other is called a Cosmere book. It takes place in the Cosmere, yes. which is where all these things are. Tress and Yumi are both Cosmere books. Um, Frugal Wizard's Guide, He's like not. some of his other books, is not a Cosmere book. It takes place in a different universe that has no connections to the Cosmere as a whole. Yeah. Okay. Jairus is like, I don't believe you. Because, no, I really don't. Because I, I love conspiracy theory, and it has not steered me wrong in Branderson's books. <laughs> so, so, so Branderson? Wait, wait, Branderson? That's what I said. So the primary, <laughs> the primary issue with the idea of a frugal wizard's guide is part of the Cosmere is that that would make Earth part of the Cosmere. Which would then make Brandon Sanderson part of the Cosmere. Exactly. Now, <laughs> let me show you my wall. I mean, by, <laughs> by Marvel rules, yes, that would make sense. But. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> she, yes, she Hulk punches you, her way out of the book. <laughs> you the thing. You will meet God. Picture of Steve Dicto. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Jack Kirby, but yes. oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh god. My favorite part about that particular storyline is that at one point during the conversation, uh, Jack Kirby God calls someone on the phone, and they discuss a whole plot for a Marvel comic briefly in excited gestures, and then the Mister Fantastic is like, "Who was that?" And he's like, "Oh, my collaborator." Ooh. What does that mean? It's Stanley another god? Are there multiple <laughs> gods? <laughs> of course there are. There's as many gods as there are writers. <laughs> yes. Um, Deadpool knows it. It's or... true. <laughs> I, I do need to get going in the next 18 minutes. So. Okay, so. so let's debate. Why do I win? <laughs> uh, because well, you're right. The, Mac and... yeah, but the McElroy brothers aren't in any of those that, books. That's so. true. Well, unless unless your theory is correct, and oh, the Cosmere, and then are in all of them. In order to argue my theory, I have to vote for Mike. I've been out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm totally willing to hear arguments as to why the Macrovich should win. Uh, Rowan Rowan brought did a uh, brave thing this week and brought something that he actually didn't enjoy. <laughs> so that we can discuss it. So wait, we'll just wait, Mike, throw that Mike, one right out. Sidebar with me for a second here. Okay, let's vote. For Rowan's thing, just to be really funny and mean. That's who are you, and what have you done with Jairus? Mike, Mike, I, Mike, Mike. Sidebar with me, really quick. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's not vote for the thing that I brought. Because <laughs> it, Mike, Mike, Mike. Sidebar with me, really quick. Let's uh, let's let's vote for you, uh, the nightmare painter. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Sidebar. All right, let's side sidebar. I think so. I'm already planning with Mike to betray you. So to betray Mike, let's vote for Mike's thing. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Okay, great. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mike, here's why you're wrong. <laughs> Brandon oh. Sanderson, or Branderson, as I affectionately call him, or B Money, as he called himself on the stream after the, all the Kickstarter money came in. <laughs> 
That's right. Did he actually call himself B-Buddy? He came in blinged out with a laminated copy of like a $500 Magic the Gathering card and referred to himself as (laughs) (laughs) B-Money. That fucking nerd. I love it. Um, I have so many friends who would have been so annoyed if they saw that. Anyway. My (laughs) argument is Branderson recently had a... um, uh, kind of expose written about him in Wired Magazine in which the writer was simply mean uh, and also happens to be a genius whose ideas on occultism has changed the entire way I approach magic. And that's why I'm actually voting for you. Yeah. For you, me and the Nightmare Painter. (laughs) Hey, you, me, and the Nightmare Painter, there's a brand gap there that somebody could fill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my nightmare painter, my struggling wizard, and me. Oh man! Hey, Baldur's Gate. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I knew um, we'd fit it back in here. By somehow. the way, uh, by the way, by the way, brief update: uh, Melee and I are now playing this together. Yeah, she does. She does not trust Gale as far as she can throw him. That's she fair. thinks he's a charlatan, but she fell hard for Will the moment she saw him. <laughs> okay, Aww. I have to say, Will is incredibly attractive in a way that Gale isn't until he opens his mouth. I just uh, think it's funny because it's like i don't trust gail he's like wheeling and dealing and scheming and instead she's like will will's not smart enough to think himself out of a like a bag of rocks like you, <laughs> yeah. you won't betray will, us will, will, certainly, will certainly isn't lying to me about his entire fucking class uh-huh. <laughs> was calling him the druid until she learned his name and then she was like oh is he like a sword mage and then she went to level him up and went what oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wish mailing was here to defend her incredible choices i mean i mean clear, clearly the woman married me of course she's going to be seduced by a man with a sword who's like haha i'm a hero a man, yes a man with a sword and let's face it a fabulous beard yeah yeah wait yeah. no that's will oh wait no i mean yes, that's will. gail no, wait, uh, what hmm. wait gail has the beard will yeah has i'm getting the, uh, crossed up I'm getting yep. them crossed up. Um, one of my friends who will rename nameless and gay um, argued <laughs> while we were discussing who the most attractive um, members of the party were, uh, pointed something out, um, which is that uh, Will's punishment in being turned into a um, spoiler uh, yeah. is really only a punishment in that it aesthetically is difficult to like grok like it would be hard for him to wear the same clothes all the time um and in my mind i'm like total upgrade dude also this is the most greek tragedy thing to ever happen Uh you hated someone like this and now you're like someone like that take the w man you just went on a spiritual journey i will help you fight your enemy don't worry (laughs) i i think he does mention that after what happens happens that he's got um spikes in some uncomfortable places that you don't want to know about okay i do want to know about that (laughs) (laughs) um before we uh before we, we wrap up um are you guys are you folks in um Act three yet? No, I'm still okay. technically in Act One because I explore everything. So I'm and still it's exhausting. Sometimes. I'm still in Act One of Diablo Four. I don't have Baldur's Gate. Uh, <laughs> right, I forgot right. about yes, that. Yes, yes, of course. Right. Um, let us uh, for um, 
uh, officiality's sake, form the vote. Uh, Rowan, what is your vote? I vote for you, me, and the Nightmare Painter. (laughs) I also vote for Branderson's works. All right, I will also vote for Final Fantasy VII. Sorry. All right. Uh, so yes, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter is our Woo! Ace of Geeks of the Week Award winner. I am. <laughs> I am one hundred percent certain that Sanderson will show up and pick up his prize in person. We'll we'll await you here, Sanderson. We've met him now. before. That's true. We have. <laughs> uh, all right. We are the Ace of Geeks. If you like this show, you might like the other two podcasts on our network. Uh, The first one is Yavin Radio, where if you enjoy Lower Decks and Star Wars, Mm -hmm. you'll enjoy Yavin Radio. Mm -hmm. It is a podcast where um, Jarris and I portray two rebels who were left behind on Yavin base after the Battle of Endor. I know you're going to think, oh, don't you mean after the Battle of Yavin? I don't. Listen to the show. Um, (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) Um, and we interview all the crazy characters that are still around the base, uh, and it's a very, very funny show. Uh, Rowan, what's Edge of Reality? Edge of Reality is our du jour, a tabletop role-playing mm-hmm. actual play experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Our first season, we have uh, Kids on Brooms. Uh, I run for Mike Mayling and Jarris in a... American institution of magical learning as they run about being all teenage and hormonal and wandy and stuff and getting into hijinks and scrapes and first dates that get complicated when wands come out. And, uh, you know how it is. Don't Um, whip out your wand on a first date. Don't definitely don't be, uh, uh, brandishing it or, or waxing it under the table at during the date. Um, so not at all. And then for our second season, we have kids at a magic school, this time run by Mei Ling, who uh, ran <laughs> uh, me, Mike, and Jarris through Candlekeep in a yeah. slightly uh, altered essay contest gets kids into the keep to go on mystery-solving adventures together. Um, we almost if- get defeated by this low-level... Um, uh, module both uh physically and intellectually Uh i mean if you're looking if you're looking for inspiration for how you as the dm can pummel your party with a steel chair in the first encounter definitely check out our second season (laughs) it will give you ideas um, there was a podcast uh our youtube video i was watching recently where they were um uh, they had a certain challenge rating and they had to draft the scariest monsters in that challenge rating and uh, a certain bookcase makes it appear. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that fucking Yeah. Thing. It was bad. That was not a that yep. yeah, was that was upsetting. Hey, people hire yeah. professional movers for a goddamn reason. <laughs> and not yeah, wizard when students. <laughs> when your furniture requires consent to be moved, moving gets more complicated. <laughs> it sure does. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find us on the internet. Uh, if you? you go to aceofgeeks.net, all of our shows yes. are there. And you can also find us on Twitter at Ace of Geeks. Uh, we're on Facebook at The Ace of Geeks. And that's about it. Um, and we have a Discord. Uh, it's in the show notes, and you should definitely join it. It's a fun place where uh, a small group of cool nerds hangs out. Um, and you can make it a also- larger group of cool nerds. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> um, my name's Mike Fadum. I've been one of your hosts today. You can find me on Twitter at Vengeance God, on Instagram at Broken Infinity Films, on Blue Sky at Vengeance God, and on TikTok at Vengeance God 2. Um, if you are listening to this episode and you live in the Los Angeles area on October 21st, yeah. you can come to Burbank and see the League of Swords Woo! live. Woo! This is my show that combines pro wrestling and sword fights with a 90s uh, Mortal Kombat veneer over the top. Uh, you, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it if you enjoy this show. Uh, please come out and check it out. Uh, tickets aren't on sale yet, but if you go to... Um, uh, the if you go to leagueofswords.com and keep checking back there or sign up for our mailing list, you'll get notified when it goes live. Jaris, go! Hi, my name is Jaris Maragopoulos, um, and I haven't written anything new about uh, spirituality or magic in a little bit, so instead of telling you about uh, that blog, I'm going to say, if you want to email us, just follow the sound of my voice. A-C-E o-f-g-e-e-k-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t-i-n-g at gmail.com that's ace of geeks podcasting at gmail and i will absolutely let you folks know the soon that i publish something new i am working on a number of stuff it's just long mm-hmm. <laughs> rowan go hi i'm rowan also known on the internet as mentioned earlier as uh, and I have a there go the last five listeners. <laughs> and I have a SoundCloud link that uh, has a lot of cyberpunky video gaming deets and dudes that I've made over the last few years that you can listen to in a playlist. However, uh, if you want to listen to some of the most recent stuff that I've put that that I've made, that stuff is in the Discord and the Discord alone. So one more reason to come on in and check things out if what you hear in there is interesting to you. Hell yes. Hell yeah. And that's everybody. All right. And that's the show. Uh, so, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to hear from you next week. Or see. <laughs> we hope you will send folks, us anything, anything. Communicate. We'd love to hear from you. Please, please. We're sitting, we're shouting into the void here. Uh, but we will leave you the way that we always do. <gasps> Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast. That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.